This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hey there, mindful listeners. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us. What a time it has been, my dear. Well, we have somebody today that's going to help us talk about maintaining relationships with the social distancing that we have been experiencing. Um, It's been difficult uh, for sure and interesting and curious. So I want to get right to it and bring on our guest, Andrea Watkins. She's a program supervisor and joined the Women's Fund in February 2016 and then again April 2019. Prior to that, she was involved with various women's organizations through University of Houston Clear Lake, where she received her degree in psychology. She is currently pursuing her clinical mental health counseling degree to become a therapist. She enjoys running, reading, traveling, and spending as much time with her dog, Taco, as possible. Yay, a dog lady. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thanks for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. So this is a really important um, topic. So I want you to just um, talk about the Women's Fund, talk about uh, the mission, and also how that mission has changed um, with the the current pandemic and COVID-19. I know that's a lot, but let's, let's just go for it right off the start. <laughs> yes, for sure. So the Women's Fund um, is a small nonprofit that's been around Houston uh, for 40 years, and we help women and girls uh, get tools for their health or get tools to be advocates for their health. Uh, so we do this by providing free health seminars. We do this by doing um, like classes, lectures. We also give out free publications. And then we also collaborate with local um, organizations in the community to bring forward the most up-to-date health topic and information. So the way that we've had to pivot, you know, just like everyone else during these times, we had to kind of look at everything virtually. And for the Women's Fund, since we were so boots on the ground, going into schools, going into organizations, and having that face-to-face relationship, it was kind of a, a question of like, how do we even do this? How do we establish an online community? So we were able to do so, you know, me and our team learned everything in and out with Zoom, and we tried to learn as many platforms as we could to meet with schools. And so I can say now confidently after a year of doing it that everyone is feeling the virtual fatigue and everyone's just like, oh my goodness, another Zoom meeting. You know, people are ready. People are ready to just see people face to face, to have those relationships where you can read body language and stuff. So we are happy to be transitioning into that um, as well now. Yeah, so that's a big mission, um, and that's lovely. Teaching girls and women to um, be advocates for their own health, that's huge. You know, I, I think throughout my entire career, um, and I had a pretty diverse career and got an opportunity to do a lot of things, if somebody would ask me what was your favorite part or what would you really consider who you are, I would have just, I would say, and still to this day, a patient advocate. You know, I think that I used to have this saying, when you think about primary caregiver, right? I think that we're all primarily in charge of, of providing care for ourselves at, you know, first line, right? We should all be our own primary caregivers. Um, and so uh, thanks for all that work that you do. And you talk about though, this word um, that has come up a lot in a lot of different circles this year, resiliency. Um, you, t- you talk about teaching resiliency to young girls. What does that mean? 
Absolutely. And I couldn't think of a, a better time for us to prosper with resiliency, you know, being faced with things that happen in our life, things that we don't predict, things that, you know, throw more loops for us um, with COVID, you know, being able to come out stronger on the other end, making sure that what can you do right now to help you build strength? You know, what can we do to build better communication skills? How can we take care of ourselves, you know, in a different way? You know, looking at COVID, yes, it was a devastating, like everything was just so awful and everyone, you know, had a strange time adjusting it. We really couldn't quite grasp our hands on it, but we showed resiliency and saying, you know what, this is okay. Let's, let's adjust. Let's try to have a new normal. Let's get in a good mindset. Let's be positive to selves and let's be kind to others and really hold each other's hands and say, we can get through this. You know, we can do this as a community and we can also do this, you know, for ourselves as well. Yeah, I mean, resiliency has um, definitely like you bubbled to the top as far as one of the things, you know, we talk about our immune system and, 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 you know, there's a lot of talk about supporting the immune system, revving up the immune system, but really when it comes to the immune system, because we need it to actually do a couple different things at the same time, resiliency is the word that I think um, kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, even with that, you know, with, with our primary defense when it comes to what's been going on. Interesting. So what are some issues unique to teen girls these days, especially in these times? Yes, yes. So we have been seeing um, the spike in mental health awareness. Um, we have been really talking to girls and their caregivers um, how to take care of yourself. You know, self-care not only is it not selfish, self-care is not a luxury. Self-care can look, it, it, it's not, it can't be pretty all the time. You know, taking care of yourself looks different for everyone. So trying to be in that positive mindset, you know, telling yourself, okay, I know that this is day, you know, 400 of doing the same thing, but it's important for us to tell ourselves we can do it. And, you know, talk to yourself and be kind to yourself uh, you know, we we are willing to, you know, put our our neck on the line for our best friends or for our family members, but we also have to truly remember to stand up and be there for ourselves. I agree with you. Resiliency has been a word that has picked up a lot in the past year, and I'm happy to explain it to the girls when I'm talking to them. It's like, look, have you ever seen you're walking on the pavement and you see like this little flower or you see something trying to come out of nowhere, right? A little crack. And this flower, all these circumstances around it will show that it wouldn't grow, but look at it. It's trying to make its presence. And that's what resiliency is, us showing up, even though all the conditions against us are, are, are against us. And it's not, you know, going our way, but we can still show up for ourselves. It's, you know, I think being a naturopathic doctor, I always, one of our biggest tenets is the Vs, like that healing power of nature. And you can see it in nature. You can see a destructive forest fire just like pull through. And then you turn around, you know, weeks later, months later, and there is a flower, you know, growing right out of the burnt soil. And there is growth that will happen. You know, there's, there's a, I think one of the Greek goddesses, um, I think it's, I think it's Shiva says there's no growth without destruction. And so when life happens, right? And we get 
torn down by circumstances. And certainly this past year has really allowed opportunity for people to feel the resistance and then therefore the growth. You know, it's kind of like building up muscles, right? How do we build up stronger muscles? We tear them down first. Same thing with our bone structures, right? We have healthy bones because they feel resistance against them and they want to build back up stronger. So I think it's just such a great lesson for, and it's a natural phenomenon. You know, it's like the tide comes in and it comes out and it's, there's the ebb and flow of life and there is destruction and change. And then there's also resiliency and growth. So I think it's such a great, great lesson. You know, you talk about, um, these girls and women and and helping them advocate for themselves. What does that look like? How can young women actually advocate for their own health? So this is a great question because mostly when I talk about advocacy, they're like, what do you mean? Like policy change? Like, you know, going and protesting? It's like, well, it can start simple with using your voice to say like, hey, what is this? Or you know, showing up to your doctor's office and actually asking questions, you know, or, hey, I saw this online or this is really trending on TikTok. Is, is this actually a thing? You know, just using the power of your voice to ask questions, um, not just necessarily believing everything that we see on media, but being there and saying, okay, this to show up in my body, but is this common? What's going on? You know, or even asking questions around them, asking questions to your mom. Hey mom, like, did you go through this? Hey dad, like, what was it like growing up for you? How did you show resiliency? You know, just using the power of your voice to ask these questions, to make better decisions for your health and to, for you to find out more about your body as well. You know, it's, we don't have to sit there and go to our doctor's office and, you know, go with our parents and be quiet and, you know, mom and doctor do all the talking. Like, it's okay for us to to tell them, hey, I mean, this is what I've heard. Is this what's currently trending? And that will create the space to um, actually have meaningful discussions that can lead to growth and can lead to more curiosity. So when you have this mission and, and, and teaching girls to advocate for themselves, especially with the distancing and being on Zoom, do you help them create community? Like, do they, can they talk to each other? I mean, I feel like this is a time when young girls are growing up that they, you know, that this is, they're, they're sort of having that emancipation from their parents perhaps and spending more time with girlfriends and maybe even boyfriends. Do you teach them like what healthy speak is or sharing, um, not about gossip and all of that stuff, that positive communication? Absolutely. So I will say that uh, the first time we meet with our girls, because we do it through separate schools, the first time we meet, they are kind of hesitant. They're like, who are you? You are just another person that I'm looking at through a screen. But we try really hard um, at the Women's Fund to create a safe space for these girls. So specifically with our What About Me program, where it's a 10-week curriculum, um, we meet once a week at the same time with the same group of girls. And you can start to see that week after week, the girls start to to open up. Um, you know, we do have rules like, you know what, please respect when um, what others are saying, listen, don't start, don't take what's said here and then go gossip about it somewhere else. You know, we want to be here for each other. Um, the whole, one of the whole points of this mentorship program is that the girls can see how closely related some of the things that they're going through are, you know, no, you're not in this alone. And yes, 
we can talk about this. Let's talk about it. You know, let's see what your peers have to say. Maybe they've gone through it as well. Um, and they'll give you advice on how to navigate that. Or, you know, asking us as the staff, you know, we take their questions very seriously. And if we're not equipped with the right answers, we will take our time and we will make sure we give them the most up-to-date answer um, possible. So yes, positive communication, um, respecting each other, and just being curious and saying, hey, I heard this. How is this relevant? What's, what's going on with this? So yes, communication is very, very important. That absolutely, especially at that age, because, you know, you start out, I think, you know, we are creatures of habits and we get into um, our style of communication. If you can start them out in a positive way early, you know, with that confidence of shutting other others down, if it gets, you know, to not be a safe place or there's bullying going on or there's gossiping going on. Um, I think that's just so important. And then also, you not only help young girls um, in the organization, but also it seems like you have a long history of supporting women's health in general. Can you tell me more about that? So when we actually first started in 1979, we were um, research-based. So we would get money together to help doctors and physicians, you know, with money to study anything that has to do with women's health. But in 2008, we kind of started transitioning into health education and we started creating curriculums and we started actually like us staff putting our boots on the ground and um, helping in the community. And so with women, we go into all sorts of organizations. We go, um, you know, into transition homes. We go into homeless shelters. We go to wonderful organizations like Dress for Success, where women are trying to find jobs. And so we go in there and we show them resiliency skills too, uh, because we can see that the job market has really just made people so sad and they just feel defeated because jobs are just not there for them. And so we try to go through every kind of avenue with women to meet them where they're at. Um, and so we really look forward to the relationships that we have because we keep having them. You know, we don't take breaks in with some of the women organizations. We just keep seeing each other all the time because it's needed. That space is needed. And when they hear, oh, the Women's Fund, I get to talk with them for an hour. Great. I really have these questions and I really want to know more about how I can get better. That's excellent, Andrea. So what the Women's Fund, the website is thewomensfund.org. It seems like this is more of a, a regional thing. Is there anything nationwide that you're connected to where people can, women and, and young girls can go to get these types of resources and resiliency? That is a great question. We don't have a nationwide. We would love to know, you know, be that popular and get more offices somewhere else. But for the most part right now, what we're doing is virtual so anyone can access any of our information. Um, we provide our classes virtually and anyone can register on our website. So as much as we are based in Houston and we do do things, events in Houston, we also offer a lot of our services online so people can take advantage of that all over the country. Great. And people can find you on Instagram at The Women's Fund, um, on Facebook, The Women's Fund, Twitter, The Women's Fund, and LinkedIn as well. Uh, so that's great. It, it's it's wonderful to know that even though you're more local, that you have resources that anybody, especially now, I mean, talk about maintaining relationships, your reach can be so much broader and you probably didn't even know it. I mean, you could be, you know, teaching all of these things to folks all over the world now that, um, you're pretty much remote and that you're allowing access to folks. 
Absolutely. One time I was doing a class, she's like, well, here in Michigan, I was like, whoa, Michigan, that's awesome. Yeah, well, hopefully Mindful Medicine will help get the word out that there are resources. And Andrea, is is this a 501c3, correct? Is a nonprofit organization? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so excellent. So a nonprofit organization helping uh, young girls and women advocate for their health, but also teaching resiliency, certainly uh, in positive communication and relationships during social distancing, you having to pivot like everybody else. I really appreciate all of your work um, and good luck with your um, your counseling mental health degree. That's great. You're going to be even more prepared to offer this valuable work to folks. And, and then also, Andrea, last question for you. What kind of dog is Taco? Oh, Tokyo, our little rescue. He's some sort of terrier. We don't really know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got a big beard on him, and he's just the love of my life. He's actually just staring at me. He's the best coworker. <laughs> yes, and I mean, those those little four-leggeds became um, companions with the working-from-home crew, right? I mean, I think it was the story that the cats were like, where, why are you all here so much? Please go, you know, this is our time to tear up the house. And the dogs were like, thank God you're here. What's going on? This is so cool. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Andrea Watkins, thanks so much, folks. Once again, the Women's Fund, even though it's uh, located in, in the Texas area, Houston, um, you can actually link up to them and get these resources for advocacy and re- resiliency. We all need them. A nonprofit organization. Great work. Thanks so much. Mindful Thank listeners, you. thanks for being here again, and we'll see you next time.